Morning. I work in admissions, so this won't be very detailed. <laughs> oh, glad that landed somewhere. I also regret to inform you that I've had to cancel this week's Andrew Day. I, I won't be here. I'll be, at, I'll, be at a, I'll be at a wedding. Not my own. <laughs> had one of those already. My fellow saints in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been asked to offer some encouragement as we prepare to welcome a new group of students and enter a new school year. I start by asking you for your forgiveness already. Because the only way I know how to do this is to offer a very personal reflection on my time at Tyndale. In the summer of 2005, on what seemed to be an average Friday night, shots rang out in the northeast part of Toronto, an area known as Malvern. A teenager was dead. The next day on Saturday, the same thing happened. And as much as you may think that this is not true, that was an unusual occurrence in the city of Toronto at the time. But over the course of the rest of the summer, 10 people would be shot dead, many more injured by gunfire, and the summer would become known as the Summer of the Gun. A summer marked by an incredible increase in gang violence. One gang would try and kill someone on Friday night from the opposing gang, and then Saturday night came the retaliation. And sometimes, just for the heck of it, someone would do something on Sunday night. And we're not talking adults here, we're talking about teenagers, young people who were caught in a cycle of violence that became so normalized for them that these shootings were seen at best as the cost of business, turf wars, or worse, as sport. Where others of us go to the movies or out for dinner, they would load their weapons and go looking for their prey. As a dispatcher who dealt with the east end of the city, I knew that when I came into work on a Friday night, and Saturday and the weekend that eventually I'd be dealing with one of these shootings. It was almost clockwork. Now, why am I telling you this, and what does this have to do with our reading from Philippians? When you're responsible in part for the life of another human being over time, you can easily become jaded. Rather than viewing your responsibilities as a sacred task, it becomes a burden, as if I had something better to do. After nine years, the senselessness of the violence could harden your heart, not because my colleagues and I were bad people, but because we were good people trying to survive the harsh realities of the world, both emotionally and psychologically. And yet there was hope. For me, I found hope in a people and in a place. Philippians, one of Paul's famous prison letters, is an inspiring example of finding hope in the darkest of circumstances. His freedom had been taken away. He was guarded 24-7. And he found hope in the midst of it all by clinging to Christ. Now, Tyndale is not perhaps the most unlikely of places to find hope, but it can still be a surprise to someone like myself, someone burnt out from the harsh realities of the world, from a ridiculous work schedule, and from years of not feeling good enough at much of anything. Quitting my job and coming to Tyndale was a personal and financial risk. I was a relatively new Christian and thought it would be a good idea to come to Tyndale to get to know my Lord and Savior better. 1 Peter 3.15 tells us to always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is in us. This presupposes that there is hope in us, and I suppose this is part of my answer. Whereas I had become hardened to the reality 
that teenagers shot themselves for territory or for significance. When I came to Tyndale, I witnessed a beautiful community of people doing their best to follow Christ's call in their lives. A wonderful example of perhaps what the author of Hebrews meant when he penned, do not neglect to show hospitality for strangers, for by doing that, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Now, I'm certainly no angel. Steve Morris might be, but not me. But the hospitality I felt from my fellow students, staff, and faculty was comforting. I remember Steve Morris staying late and speaking to me. Do you remember that horrible gate we used to have for those of you that were here long enough? When student accounts and registration were in the same place and at the end of the day that, that gate came down? I'm talking to him through this gate. Because Tyndale said I owed them money and I said no I didn't. <laughs> Steve fixed the issue for me. It was a math error, don't worry, it was all up and up. I remember witnessing a young student who hid under her bed for the first semester blossom into a passionate lover of Christ in her first year at Tyndale. And I remember thinking, I really want Scott Ruff to be my landlord wherever I live so that everything gets fixed before next year. <laughs> Most of all, I see people who, despite their denominational, theological, or personal differences, can come together for the cause of Christ. My encouragement to you colleagues, brothers and sisters, as we enter a new school year, a new recruiting season, and a time of incredible change, is do not lose sight of our purpose here. Paul told the Philipp I almost said Philippians. Philippians, <laughs> I thank my God every time I remember you. Remember your co-workers, remember our students, our applicants, their families, and give thanks for them. Yes, we know they can be a trial sometimes, but even Paul had the thorn in his side that wouldn't go away. But each point of connection is an opportunity for us to practice the shalom, the peace of God. I was never more thankful for the friends and formation I received at Tyndale than I was in 2012. As the new year rolled around, Pam and I were excited at the news that Pam was pregnant. I was going to graduate that spring and the timing would be perfect for me to find a job, Pam to go on mat leave, and we would have our perfect little life. The first week of January, I found out I wouldn't graduate when I thought I would. I would have to stay into the summer semester at the very least. Over the next two weeks, we found out that we had lost her baby to a miscarriage. A month or so later, we found out Pam's mother had found a lump that would eventually be diagnosed as an operable cancer. We again became pregnant, and we again lost that child. The Lord would end up calling Pam's home, mom's home, part way through the summer. All the while, through the grace of God, I was able to finish a course with Dr. Penner, Dr. Bodner, and uh, Professor Knight. All the while, while preaching weekly at a local church, after all the pain and sacrifice, I graduated that fall on the same day as my 35th birthday. The day after, once again confident that we'd experienced everything God was going to throw at us, we were hit by a bus while traveling home from a day out. Thankfully, my side view mirror was the only casualty. That year, we found enormous comfort in our family and friends, many of whom we had made during our time at Tyndale. And I am forever thankful to God for his provision of godly people in our lives, as well as the personal formative experience I had by being at Tyndale. Tyndale is in a time of major transition. I don't know that any department has experienced as much staff turnover this year as admissions, but certainly other departments have seen change, IT, HR, marketing, and most certainly operations overseeing the small matter of our move to Bayview are doing an amazing job. 
There are many unanswered questions, many hopes, many fears. Perhaps no more than ever, what Tyndale needs is its people to become more like Paul in this letter, true people of prayer, thanksgiving, and confidence, trusting that the Lord has this in control and trusting that our leaders are seeking God and obeying. Paul speaks of confidence, confidence that God is at work in each of the people that he writes to in the church of Philippi. I boldly speak to you now with similar confidence that God is at work here. His spirit dwells in each of us and is moving in this place. He has indeed begun a work not just in each of us, but in this place. Tyndale has not survived 120 years by happenstance or luck. The spirit is moving and transforming Tyndale in something greater than its founders could ever have imagined it would be. A place where Christians are not just prepared for traditional ministry, but for any pursuit they desire. We're not just preparing historians, pastors, and philosophers. We're forming the minds of his people to engage with a broken, hurting, and messed up world. In the name of Christ. And all of us who work here are partakers of that mission. The great co-mission wasn't given to the solely to the clergy. It was given to the church, and it is for all Christians to carry out that mission where they find themselves. The Lord isn't done yet with Tyndale, and our new campus, our new chapel, is an amazing sign of blessing, and I believe, confirmation. God will finish the work he has begun in the people of Tyndale and in the place itself. Our students come, our students graduate, our staff come, our staff leave. And we may not ever know what most of them do, but we trust that God will guide their steps into doing great things for the gospel, no matter how large or small. As a former student, I say thank you. As a fellow employee, it is an honor to join you in this mission. Paul continues, It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you all partakers with me of grace. God gives us grace not to jealously guard, but to give and dispense to others. As we move through this transition, let us cling to the right hope that God keeps his promises. Let us affirm each other, especially those who are trying to manage the things that we really don't want to manage ourselves. Let us hope fast to the grace that has been provided to us, ever reminding ourselves that we are God's image bearers and his letters of recommendation to the truth of the gospel of love and peace. Let us join in Paul's prayer that our love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best. The Lord calls us to walk in that truth hourly and daily so that we too might produce a harvest of righteousness. Let us pray that our students are well received and come prepared to endure the rigors of this institution. Let us pray that our bonds of friendship and love are strengthened so as to endure the rigors of the move to come. Always remembering that all this comes through Jesus Christ, not primarily for our own sake, but for the glory and praise of God. Amen. Friends, will you please stand for the blessing of the people and of God. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, so by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. We will extol you, our God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day we will bless you and praise you, your name forever and ever. Our mouths will speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Go in peace. You're dismissed.